I'm Sister Prince. I'm with Gabrielle Wilson. This is our second interview, and today is July 22, 1994. Did see was a picture of your dad. Oh, and I would like to say that you, the, I, when I re-listened to the first interview, I, when you handed me the picture of your grandparents, mm -hmm. I said, oh, oh, yes. Mm -hmm. But with the oh, oh, yes meant that, yes, I can understand how uh, they could have gone mm -hmm. and done in a white world because they were, they looked uh, Caucasian. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was all I said that was, oh, uh, yes, mm -hmm. right. And so I wanted to make that clear for the tape. Um, but I, I wondered if if you talk about your father a little bit, uh, you really, really didn't discuss him at all, except that you and your mother were married, and they were both in the army, mm -hmm. and he was a. He was a. He, she was a. She no, was no, a. No, she was a lieutenant, but he maps and. Yes, is it? cartographer. Cartographer. Okay. Um, but I was wondering. I, I feel like I have a, a little feel of the impact of everyone else but not your dad too much. I don't know where to begin. I guess you'll have to ask. Okay. Well, uh, your the grandparents came, his parents came from Kentucky and No. My father's parents are from Louisiana. Louisiana. Mm hmm And it was your mother's father parents. Uh, from Louisiana and you said that it was different circumstances and they had sold everything to come up here. To come here. Mm -hmm. uh, what had they sold? Uh, my father was an only child and they had what they called a store. And I always assumed big store. Well, last year when I went to Lafayette, um, I always knew it was in the back of the house. But I still pictured maybe corner grocery store, that type of building. And when I went last summer, it was a corner house, but there was a large room built onto the back of the house, and it was more like a confectionery. And I'm certain you remember confectionaries. Mm -hmm. uh, they sometimes said restaurant, sometimes they said store. So they did sell food and they sold grocery products. It was mostly small items small items mm -hmm. maybe sewing maybe candies maybe. Uh, I would just looking at the house now I have a whole different picture and I'm guessing candy that means sugar yeah mm-hmm so, okay um, so they sold that whatever they did and, and came up here and did he did your grandfather work up here like yes when he came to st. Louis um, I was very little um, I don't I don't remember them not being here, but I know they weren't here when I was born. I'm guessing I was at least three before they moved here because my I kind of remember little smidgens of stuff that happened when my brother was born, and I knew they were here then, so somewhere in between three and four. Uh, my grandfather got a job at Barnes Hospital working in the morgue. I am assuming he was a morgue attendant. I, I don't know if there was a title to his job. I know that he took me once when I was about 10 years old to the morgue, and I was impressed and horrified at the same time, but it was interesting. Mm -hmm. did, did your maternal grandparents and paternal grandparents uh, have a lot in common? Besides Nothing. 
besides you? Absolutely nothing. Did they see each other? My... You, excuse me, because you indicated that every Sunday you went mm -hmm. there for dinner to your... Yeah, we went there every Sunday, so every the holiday. Grandparents, so did they go too? They went on holidays. Um, I remember uh, my grandmother calling a couple of times. Now, my mother's parents, I called grandma and grandpa. My father's parents, I called Rose and Pop. When I was old enough to understand or to meet them, and they kept trying to tell me grandparents, I said no, because I had some. And I was not going to allow them to be grandma and grandpa. They could be anything they wanted, but I would never call them that. I mean, it sounds terrible. But I was maybe not quite two. And I guess you only get one, you know? So my grandma said, no, it's okay. She can, she can call me Grandma Rose. Well, it never came out. It was always Rose. But you later understood. I understood that she was my grandmother, but no, I could never call her that. And of course, the other two children behind me never called her grandma either because all they ever heard was Rose. Um, were they able, in their, with their skin color, whatever it was, not they could not pass? No. What no. kind of what did that do? How did that work in your family? It was never discussed. Never, just never discussed. Never discussed. They were very quiet people. Uh, the town that they came from in Louisiana was Lafayette. And I guess it would be fair to say, comparing the country to the city, they were just very quiet. And they were old people. Mm -hmm. um, probably not much older than I am now, but they were old people. Old, old. Yeah, really old. Um, Grand they probably worked hard. They were yeah, but just really, oh, people were old then. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, grandparents are a lot younger now. They're more involved with the kids. These people were old. They were tired. Um, so to your dad, did you, ever, did you have much time to spend with him? No. Did no. He worked quite a bit. He also had a part-time job in addition to the job uh, with the government. And he didn't relate well to children. Very stiff. He tried a little bit harder with my brother and sister. Um, you have to remember, when I met my father, I was almost two years old. He was in the Philippines when I was born. And um, by the time he came home, he had to adjust to a child. He was an only child. There were no brothers and sisters for him ever to have gotten used to. So this was a whole new business for him. As an adult, I understand it. As a child, I never did. Um, I would like to go back to your grandfather. And mm -hmm. if, in whatever I ask, if you mind, or if you're tired of my No, I don't mind. Or you're you not probing. Call. Okay. You're but not I probing. I want you to be comfortable. Um, he said people didn't, we're talking about doctoring in St. Joe's. Mm -hmm. He said he didn't know, people didn't know what he was. And the patients didn't know he was a Negro. Um, and he didn't want to take the chance of taking his children to the show. But you said, because of something might happen, and I want to ask about it, but you said that you guys went out there periodically mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. see him. Now, 
did you run we could have been well we could have been patient but you you as a child could have also called him grandpa and so how did that work nothing ever happened nothing I I I can remember going back as far back as as uh, say maybe four or five maybe things had changed by then I don't know what the climate was in St. Charles say in 1950 or thereabouts but uh, oh no open arms now he would never have no I'm sure not because you said periodically and you were telling me a story when I went back and listened to this tape mm -hmm. I remembered had to remember that I knew nothing and how what you're telling what you were telling me with what I got off of your grandfather's tape or mm -hmm. what, I, what I took off of your grandfather's tape and trying to piece that together and then all of a sudden finding wait a minute he was white out there mm -hmm. and he was a Negro when he came home in the beginning now when he first went there it was well I know they talked about the depression and he did not go out there till about the time of the depression so say from 1930 to 1950 surely there had been inroads of some type then and maybe by 1950 by the time I would remember going other people knew I don't know I don't know when people decided he was okay to be him but you see from from interviewing mm -hmm. my process of interviewing is that I'm hearing you talk about a man who I know would not go like that mm -hmm. or would not have you come out and 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 have, and and hurt your feelings mm -hmm. because he didn't want to take his own children. Mm -hmm. So I and yet I and I knew that nobody was going to tell you not to say grandpa because right. they weren't raising you that way. Right. So I needed to ask you yeah what what was this? Um Whatever it was, it worked out. It worked out? It, it, mm -hmm. it worked out. Um, uh, yes, I'm just looking at my notes, which, uh, um, but he was passing. At first, he yeah. He was an honest person, we mm -hmm. ascertained that, but he was passing. Um, and, and I still, uh, as I'm sure anybody, because you could write a book about this, mm -hmm would wonder how he pulled it off, living in two worlds, stress, whatever. I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't ever remember him saying anything at all. Mm -hmm. Of course, now there were probably things we were shielded from. Oh, well, sure. But wouldn't you think you'd hear something once in a while? There are other family stories I'm sure you got as a child that came up and you'd hear one or two words and you know there's something going on but nothing relating to this. Mm -hmm. uh, why do you think that uh, he didn't, you didn't pass as a family? Well, there was no, you mean in St. Charles? No, Anywhere? Just, well, just circumstance. Uh, these are my grandparents you're talking about. We didn't live with them now. Mm -hmm. um, so, you went out with them on occasion. The places that they went freely, we were certainly welcome to go. If you had said to your mother and father, 
I want to go to the Fox. What would their reaction have been? Well, the first thing they would have said is, why do you want to go? I mean, is there something going on uh -huh. there? Yes, there is. And then timing would have been a problem, for one thing. My father worked two jobs, so he had no time. Um, if it were during the daytime, my mother usually worked nights, so she slept during the day. She wouldn't have been able to take it. So us. these were all legitimate. Yeah, all legitimate excuses, uh -huh. yeah. But there would have been illegitimate <laughs> excuses if, if Even if there hadn't been legitimate ones, I guess. I don't know. I hear this. Question about your grandmother and grandfather. Uh, your grandfather didn't want to take his children to the movies because he was a, he didn't want to get, have something happen and have them hurt. But, but, and he didn't take you all because he was busy. But it seemed okay, obviously, for grandma to take mm -hmm. you. He wasn't concerned that something no. might happen. Mm -mm. I wonder why. Maybe each time you go, you just get a little more confident and you don't think about it. Well, it was also another generation. Sure. The, the times have been changed. He was he was maybe less close to Cadiz. Mm-hmm. You know, and more used to. Um, okay. You said that you took Sunday afternoon drives. Mm -hmm. With your family, just got mm -hmm. in the car and drove and mm -hmm. drove and drove. And uh, this maybe seems like a funny question, but did you learn anything on those drives? Just being in the car, just talking, was there any particular... No, it was just a pleasant experience. Just a pleasant experience, mm -hmm. going in different areas. And Mostly west. Mostly west. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, um, please, uh, do you, were there certain spots that you liked and went back to? My mother loved to fly, so we went out to the airport in that general direction a lot. She um, thought the kids would love to see the planes land. All right, so you said your grandparents were a big part of your life. Mm -hmm. um, Thank you. God, I just did this at home. Oh well. <laughs> did you want to go to your friend's home to play? Even though you lived, we're talking about your school, computer school, did you want to? You lived eight blocks away, you said that was your reason, but did I don't think so. You were, you were. I really don't think so. Um, it never came up. I knew that. I'm thinking of two families right now who lived around the corner from each other. Those girls mentioned seeing each other constantly, but that was to me to be expected. Mm -hmm. If I lived around the corner, maybe I would have been there too. Mm -hmm. Um. Is it possible that you grew up for the time frame that you grew up in, in the climate you grew up in, in a, a land of make-believe? Just plain stupid is probably more like it, because I didn't know what was going on around me. 
you know, it's probably hard for you to understand. No, no. I, but you I, don't see it. I have. Um, you don't see what? You don't see the segregation. Yeah. You didn't see. It. I didn't see it. No, I. I don't. I've given. I bet you more thought to your interview than I have to anyone's in a long time because I'm. I'm familiar now with what other people are saying. Mm -hmm. This is a twist. This is different. This is, and I've drawn some of my own kind of conclusions, which I don't want to say to you because I want to hear mm -hmm. what you have to say. But we learn certain things. We're taught certain things, and those two things are different. We're taught certain things and then we learn to. So can you differentiate what what you felt you were taught at home or taught at school? But let's start with home first. And then what you learned. I mean, as an example, you were taught you could go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then you learned outside at that chain of rocks pool that you couldn't. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering what other kinds of things like that. I think the closest I can come to that is when you listen to the um, talk shows now. And they're talking about adoption of infants and whether or not white families should be allowed to adopt black children. It just gets me up in arms because there's always someone in the audience who stands up and says these children will not know where they come from. They will only grow up with a white point of view. And I am screaming at the TV set because I don't know what a black point of view is supposed to be. I only know what I know. We weren't taught that people are different. We were allowed to be ourselves. Certainly we knew some people looked different, but we weren't taught we should treat them any differently or expect to be treated differently by them. And the few times that things would come up in the newspaper or out in public where someone else was accosted, maybe, it's, gee, isn't that tough? That happened to those people. I don't understand what it means yet. No one ever told me, you are black, you are colored, you can or cannot do thus and so. Never, ever, ever. And when people on television tell you black people do this, black people should do this, I'm just amazed. I am truly amazed. You were raised, I think, with no prejudice. Nobody taught you I have anything. None. I was taught, if, if you want to give permission, I was given permission to dislike people who did something to me but not the whole neighborhood, not the rest of their family, not their religion. It, it just wasn't tolerated. 
And I've tried to impart that to my children. They think I'm a fanatic on that, and maybe I am. But I truly believe that's the way things should be. If I dislike you, it's because of something you did. It has absolutely nothing to do with where you came from or your family. But what did you learn out there? I learned there are a lot of sneaky people. Um, I saw things happen to other people, and things happened around me, but not directly connected to me. And you kind of learn to watch your step then, and you learn to avoid certain people um, in school. I think the first time I was really a aware of any kind of uh, real racism, maybe, other than this incident at that pool, was in high school. It would never have been tolerated in grade school. Never. And this isn't something that happened to me. This is something that just kind of like came down through the grapevine and I heard about. And I said, well, I'll be darned. I guess it does happen. What does happen? Uh, people being singled out. Nasty things being said. Did you think you were stupid? No, because I didn't know any better. No, I thought, but I mean, you said when I said it's a make-believe world, yeah. you said, well, it's a... It's Maybe a, I, I just kind of grew up stupid. I didn't know any better. But did you think when you found out that, yes, this all was going on, that these things, and, and that you'd been doing... No, I, I, I'm still amazed at times that things happen. That the Be, ugly things happen? That the ugly things happen because where I live, in this neighborhood, the church I attend, the friends that I have, no one would say or do anything that's off the wall in front of me. Um, I remember when some people that I interviewed said that they had used to laugh at Amos and Andy, you know, that they thought that was really funny, and then they realized it wasn't funny. Mm -hmm. And they felt, and how they felt, and, how, and is there any kind of feeling that you had when you realized that, yeah, all right, now nobody else would go in places, but now you could go and that you hadn't known that? No, it was remote. It was just remote. Mm -hmm. it's, it's as remote as us listening to things happening in a foreign country. Mm -hmm. You know it's over there, but it's, it's not around you, so you don't know. When you look back on how you were raised, what do you think of I'm that? grateful. I'm very grateful because the reverse of the way I feel could be true. People sometimes resent what they didn't know, and I, I don't feel that way at all. And when I talk about your being raised, I'm, I think in terms of your grandparents. I'm not thinking in terms mm -hmm. of your parents, because that seems to be what was happening, even though you didn't see them. I mean, correct me. I mean, you smiled when I said that, so I don't know. Yeah, you said that a couple of times, and I said, I wonder why she thinks that. But my grandparents were as much a part of my life as if they lived with us. They were interested in everything we did. We were the smartest kids that ever breathed. Um, when report cards came, you called and you told them what you got on your report card, or they called you, whichever happened first. 
um, it would never occur to me not to tell them something that was important to me. But your parents raised you. Mm -hmm. It's just maybe the way we're talking. Mm -hmm. and you're not. You've not changed anything. By I mean you're, you. I, I see. You got to remember, my father's parents lived with us. Right, but I don't. I don't hear you talking about them. There's nothing to discuss. There really wasn't. And they were. They were physically in the house. And 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 you're. You. I've asked you about your father, but I don't know that you. Oh no, I don't have anything against talking about him. It's just I don't know where to begin. Uh, what kind of impact did he have on you? And, and was it okay with him that you went everywhere with your grandmother? He never complained. He never questioned it. Um, he came sometimes on Sundays, not every Sunday. Um, of course, he was there for the holidays and whatever. But could he go to the Fox? No. Um, because of the color. Now I know that. Then I didn't. It's Grandma called and said, "Hey, do you want to go see a movie?" Uh -huh. Yeah, and I went. Uh -huh. uh, and you're saying you said pretty much the same things to your kids. Mm-hmm. But by that time, they could go wherever they wanted to. Oh yeah. Um, and you were you uncomfortable coming from Reddick? A segregated school and did you I remember uh, going to Catholic school maybe not the first day but I do remember going and yes I was a little uncomfortable but once I got there and met a few people and I'm saying within the first day I wasn't mm -hmm. terrified um, we talked about uh, the genealogy mm-hmm we talked about, and I would like to to put that on again, uh, just uh, maybe even if you want to make it specific or a general way of mm -hmm. tracing black history, but to the part that your grandparent, your your ancestors, when you found out they were slaves, your upset at that, was that because you didn't know about slavery and that it was connected to black people or just because because back far enough unless there were particular it was mm -hmm. people were free 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 freedmen most mm -hmm. African Americans were slaves so what upset me yes was finding out that it was so close and I didn't know it I had no idea. If someone had told me it, that it would have been your grandfather's parents. great grandfather, would have been your great grandfather. No, well, it was my great grandfather. Right, that's what I'm saying. Uh, if it had been three or four generations away from that, I would have said, uh huh. Because oh yeah, that's the way it goes. Your grandfather was born in 1888. I believe. Uh huh. Never occurred to me. So the fact that it was so close is what mm -hmm. was And the fact that they never mentioned it. And like, like we're saying, it, it doesn't come after past the salt. Incidentally, your grandfather was a slave or whatever, but mm -hmm. it was never mentioned. Mm -hmm. And I 
talked with other people now who have said the same things. It's just understood, and you don't talk about unpleasant things. But I just felt like somewhere, and I was nosy, somewhere I should have caught on. Somebody must have said something. And I realized after talking with you, never. I would have picked up something. Honest to God, I had to. You mean you, I, these questions have made mm -hmm. you think It made back. me think back. Mm -hmm. That's probably been good for your genealogy. Yeah. Well, good. Um, did you feel that it was, you said that a lot of, some of the harassment was by black people. Um, 99%. 99%. Mm -hmm. Would you mind talking about that a little bit more? You just touched on it. And I Recently or in the past? Both. Start in the past and be recent. Gee, in the past, I guess I'd really have to think. Well, then recently, just talk about whatever comes to your mind. Recently, um, before we moved into this house. We've been here 12 years. We owned a house in South St. Louis, a neighborhood that was had declined but was on its way back up. A group of young businessmen had started buying some of the old houses and converting or renovating or whatever needed to be done. Where was it? You know? On Wichita. It's in the uh, Barnes Hospital area between Barnes and Manchester. Uh, it's a short street, and this particular group of men had bought, I think, 12 houses. Uh, most of the residents, 99% of the residents on the block were white. Most of them were elderly people who had been there probably since the 40s, who just were not about to move out. And the few black families that had moved in were all renters. Nothing against that. We bought the first convert, it was a four-family flat that had been converted to an attached townhouse and we bought one side. Great price, neighborhoods coming up, we met the next door neighbors, nice people, no complaints. Were we harassed by some of the black neighbors that were living there? We displaced people. The same thing happened when we bought a condo in um, this particular area that um, Strauss did. Lance Strauss did all of the condos down on Waterman and Pershing and whatever about 15 years ago, I guess, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, we bought one of the into the one of the first buildings that was done. We could not go out at night without people screaming obscenities at us. Why? We displaced people. We had no right to buy, in other words. We had no right to buy. We moved poor black people out of hovels. They were cleaned up, they were sold, and we had the audacity to buy. Oh. Well, who were they that were harassing you? Were they poor mm -hmm. people? Who lived on the block, who had not yet been displaced, but their days were numbered. My daughter couldn't understand why those people were screaming at us. So it was just because mm -hmm. you had done that? Mm -hmm. But that, 
if you had been well there were whites who bought in who were harassed also yes. I mean, it, but it was the epithets come in when we're involved the epithets oh, come oh. in when we're involved well I'm sure they had others mm -hmm. <laughs> for, they, yeah. For whoever it was. So and my daughter couldn't understand. Yeah, it, in, in the wrong You said on the other interview that uh, that uh, it was a detriment to be light skinned. Um, that comes in when I'm talking about harassment, just. Buying the condo. What uh, What were the disadvantages that they? I mean, what well, it's, it's always thrown in your face, like mm -hmm. it's something you can control. Yeah, we talked. We you said that. Um, you said you you learned to keep some of your preferences to yourself, and once you catch on, someone will pick up on that. Uh, it's hard to ask you what mm -hmm. you meant when you go back like that. Now I'm trying to remember. If, if you don't, it doesn't matter. But I, it was something that I. Didn't uh, ask you. I think we were talking about music then. Mm-hmm. Or you used that as an uh -huh. example, but um, uh, I know that that um, sometimes people are jealous, and I I sometimes hear that if people want to be light skinned, that that's a status, that that's and and yet you you get it both ways mm -hmm. you get it both ways um, it is strange sometimes because whatever we are somebody mm -hmm. can find a kind fault with fault it. or you just it's um, um okay <sighs> Did you have other people like yourself in color that you could talk to about that, about anything like that? Um, there were lots of people, but we didn't talk about it. Didn't talk about no. it? No. Were they doing the same thing that you were Maybe doing? so. We, we just, didn't, just didn't, didn't talk, talk about, about it. it. Mm -mm. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it, 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 it is amazing. I mean, it's it's an. I I think it's. Um, it had to be. Um, it could. It was a wonderful way to be brought up. It could have been, a very. And it doesn't sound like anybody planned anything. No. No. It just sounds like it it happened. It's an example, like everybody's example. It's just a, a different, I think, of trying to raise your children. The best way you know the, how. Mm -hmm. The best way you know how, considering the climate, mm -hmm. considering what you bring to it, and um, uh, let's see. Now we're getting getting back to that other uh, um, 
if you don't mind, would you talk about your grandfather on the part of the tape that we did before? That that, uh, that didn't take, yes, yeah. That about You'll have to ask me all questions. Right, all right, what I'm asking you about is uh, why he really decided to go out to St. Charles. And you traced his, his uh, what he did here in St. Louis, his barn, you know, his whole career here that went up to that. There was no place for him here. Um, he had had an office, and it was destroyed during a tornado. Mm -hmm. There was no money. There was nowhere to go. And we're talking teens, 19? Uh, 20s. Okay. Late, late 20s, around the Depression. Okay. Around the Depression. And he began looking for a spot to open an office. But remember, he had lost everything he had in this tornado. I don't think he came out with anything at all. I kind of remember hearing them talk about that, my grandparents and my aunts. And um, he began looking to become associated with another doctor. And those that were established had no need for a partner at that time. I mean, it was hard to make ends meet. So he took the first opportunity he could find, which was the job in St. Charles, and they took him right away. He went out the one time, spoke with the two brothers. I think I said their names were Johnson, and he liked them very much. They liked him, and that was it. He knew he was going to have to drive that far every day. I think he said it was 22 miles, and he did it from 1929-30 until he died in 74. Over 40 years. But you were talking about what happened to him at Barnes. Yeah, he was not happy with um, the way he was received at the hospitals here. People's Hospital and Homer Phillips were the only hospitals that he could walk into without any problem. And was there city hospital? Number two? one. one. Well, um, Number two was the Negro Hospital. Yeah, number two is uh, Phillips. And number one was down on... I want to say Arsenal, and that's not it. Where Bliss is, mm -hmm. where the old Malcolm Bliss is. What's that? Isn't that awful? I can't think of the name of it. It's okay. Anyhow, that, that was number one. He could have gone down there, but we're talking distance. Mm -hmm. And it was just impractical. Whereas he lived um, 15, 20 blocks away from Phillips. Uh, less than that to Barnes Hospital. There were others that I can remember that were open then, but he was refused there. Mm -hmm. So he went where he could where he could practice freely. And what you're asking me is what I told you about uh, the patients that he saw at Barnes. They were seen in the basement. Mm -hmm. They were seen in hallways. And they were not allowed rooms. There were only so many rooms assigned in the basement to black patients. And if you ran out of room, they were on stretchers or beds in the hallway. And I remember one time asking him, why did he go so far away? And this is his reasoning why. Mm -hmm. He said he couldn't stand it. And he explained it all Yeah, he explained it all to me. And um, then when he got out there and he started to practice, I think that also this the patient who talked to him about the doctor. Yeah, he came and uh, wanted to know, I think he wanted to know 
you know, if he were alone there. And he said, well, no, my nurse is here. Why do you ask? And he said, well, they told me there's a nigger doctor here, and I want to make certain he doesn't touch my wife. And Grandpa said, no problem there. I can assure you I'm the only one here that's going to touch your wife. And he said, well, fine, Doc, if it's you. I heard there was, you know, there was a rumor. Grandpa says, oh, no, it's just me. <laughs> uh, it, and what civic things was he, you said he was involved in? Like His time was very limited because of, he worked six days a week, mm -hmm. and it was after 10 when he got home every night. So he wasn't involved in a whole lot. He was involved in more in St. Charles as he got older oh. than he was here in the city. He was in love with um, the Howard University Alumni Club here because he was a graduate of Howard. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't able to go to all the meetings like he wanted, but when he was able, oh yes, that was high on the list. Mm -hmm. He was also involved in Chi Delta Mu, and that was a black doctor's fraternity here. Um, you talked about your grandmother. Mm -hmm. And uh, so if you would just kind of give a, a thumbnail sketch, I think mainly because there's you got a friend. You felt so safe with Grandma. Mm -hmm. You mean going different mm -hmm. places? Mm -hmm. It's my grandma. Well, the fact that she was allowed, you went everywhere, so. I didn't know I couldn't go. I think he said you, you felt that she was all powerful. Yeah, but, well, she was. Yeah. I mean, as I grew older and thought about it, yeah. Mm -hmm. But when I was a little girl going anywhere with her, why would someone tell us we couldn't go in? I mean, it just boggles the mind. It doesn't happen. Um, the story about the Catholic Church with the... The church being... Roped off. Now I don't remember what I told you. Yeah. I I remember saying that the parish had dwindled. Is that what you're asking about? Mm -hmm. And uh, the priest kept asking us to move closer to the altar. And people grow accustomed to sitting where they want to sit. And finally, he said one Sunday that if people didn't move up closer, why can't we just all be closer in church? He was going to fix it so we had to. And the next Sunday when we came to church. It was ribboned off or roped off or whatever. And people were forced to sit in the front of the church. And my grandfather stopped him after Mass and told him, you can't do this. He said, if this is the way it's going to be, I'm not coming back. And the priest was horrified. He said, what do you mean? Dr. Tyler, why won't you come back? And he said, I grew up in a time where I was told where I had to sit. And he said, we're supposed to be able to come to church and pray I should be able to kneel or to sit wherever I please. And the priest just apologized all over the place. And the next thing you knew, those those ropes or ribbons were down. And that was what church? St. Anne. St. Anne. On page. Um, you've got a, I mean, growing up, you said you didn't understand exactly what was going on. But as you got older, you did. And there was a great deal of difference between Vashon and Sumner in all kinds of things, um, and you went, you didn't go to either place, and you're, you're shaking your oh head. Oh my God, no. Very vehemently, I can, <laughs> oh my God, no. My parents would have all had heart attacks. <laughs> Why? Better education in Catholic schools. 
we went to grade school with my Aunt B and some of the other kids went to both my Aunt B and my Aunt Jenny, but then you went to Catholic school. And that's it. I mean, there's just no question about it. But what else would been different? Location. What else? Um, I was never told anything else. It's just it was the education factor first, and then location second. Well, why would you want to go there when you can go here? And I ended up going to school close to home. Did you have a social life with anybody from? Public schools? Mm -hmm. I knew uh, some kids that went to public school. Uh, they were all children of friends of my mother's. Mm -hmm. um, I would say most of them were non-Catholic also. Mm -hmm. So you saw them from time to time. Um, most of my mother's friends were nurses, so all of her friends were nurses' kids. Where would you have met Catholic boys? I didn't. I didn't, uh, except by accident. I went to an all-girl high school. You went to Rosati? I went to Rosati, and McBride was all boy. And there were dances that um, between the two schools, you know, where we went. That would have been the only place mm -hmm. I would have met anybody, unless somebody else introduced me. Excuse me, sorry. So I'm just trying to get a sense of a of a social life. Um, you, you you meet friends through other people. I can think of people now that I, I remember how I met them because they were friends of so-and-so's, you know. Yeah. Um, okay, we're getting to the end. Um, I had asked you about civil rights, I believe. Um, and uh, I think you had mentioned Percy Green. Mm -hmm. You want to expand on that? For a minute. I wish I could remember what we said before. Uh, yeah, I do too. That's my fault. I, you know, I remember reading in the newspaper. Mm -hmm. Did you feel that that had to do with you? No. No, this was for people who had no rights. And you had. And rights. I, I knew I did. Um. One thing I didn't tell you before that I thought of later on, when I was in high school, they had a lot of guidance counselors in Catholic high school, and we were encouraged, of course, to take classes that were going to push us. And in those days, Rosetta Cain had maybe even a, a higher recognition in the community than it does now. We were told that a girl graduating from Rosati in 1961 when I graduated had the equivalent of part of a college education. And we would have no trouble getting jobs anywhere we wanted to go. They wanted us to go to college, but you went anywhere, applied for a job, and they saw Rosati, and usually you were hired. And it was the honest-to-God truth. But I remember uh, 
my junior year of high school, or sophomore year of high school, when we were planning classes for the next year, uh, we were asked to list what we were interested in, and then we were told what was available and what would come close. And we were asked what type of positions we would look for if we took this subject and got wonderful grades and this kind of thing. Well, a lot of times when you're figuring out a class schedule, you get your basics and we knew you had to have this and this and this and this. And then some of it is really fill-in. Well, I had all the math sewn up. You had to have two years of math and God only knows what it is now. I'd had my two years of science. I knew I had to have four years of religion and four years of this and four years of that. And then for fill-in, why not? I signed up for office. And I can clearly remember sitting down and talking with one of the nuns about why I had signed up for office. And she says, well, what do you want to take? And I said, well, I guess I'll take typing and shorthand. And she took a deep breath. And of course, I didn't know what was wrong. And I said, what's the matter? Isn't there any space left? And she said, well, yes, honey, but why are you wasting your time with this? And I said, thinking ahead, well, I'll need to know how to type when I get to college, and I might as well take it now. And she says, well, yeah, you're right. I'm just grateful you're not looking for a job in an office. And I said, why not? And she said, honey, they don't hire colored girls to work in offices. And I said, oh, I didn't know that. Your counselors said Uh-huh. So she said, if you want typing one, fine. But I wouldn't take advanced typing and, and office procedure and all that kind of stuff because we're just not ready for that yet. You'll be wasting your time. We're not ready for it. Well, knowing the nun that spoke, I didn't take it as she didn't. It was the world. The world. And she said, it's just not going to be. You take what you can use. What you need to think about is nursing or teaching. Because they can always use good colored nurses and teachers. And I said, yes, sister, because that's what you said back then. But what did you do? I took the typing class. I wasn't crazy about it, but I took it. And then for most of my adult life, I worked in offices. <laughs> but that's the first time somebody had. Mm-hmm. And I, well, how would I know who had or had not been hired in an office anywhere as a 14, 15 year old kid? I wouldn't know. I had not looked at the newspaper to see if there were jobs listed. I didn't need it yet. Let me let me finish high school first, and then I'll decide where I'm going to go. So it never occurred to me. She was a guidance counselor, mm-hmm. and she was guiding you. Yeah, the right way, of course. I would think whether it was the right way or whatever, it would still be a hard thing to say to somebody. I th- well, now that I can, and I can, I can see her as clearly as I'm looking at you right now, habit and all. 
And like I said, she took a deep breath because she did not want to hurt my feelings. And I realize now she was telling me the truth. There probably weren't any in 1958, seven or eight in St. Louis. Well, I think the beginning. Yeah. Um, Back to the civil rights. Those were for people who didn't have rights. Mm -hmm. You felt you had rights. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I had asked you, I'm not sure uh, if you felt part of the black community. I didn't feel part of any community. I was just there, you know. I don't want to just drill this into the ground, Mm -hmm. and I think I'm beginning to. No, you're not. I don't feel that way. You don't? No. I'm I'm glad about that. do you think there are many people that had the advantage of your kind of being being raised the way you were? Do you run across many? I mean, I know people we don't, don't just sit and talk. We about don't it. talk about it. The but first time sometimes, I sometimes when you have friends or you have close friends, you know, your ideas come up and the. Last year, my husband bought me a book. Excuse me, or you can tell by the things people say, you know, or the amount of anger people have, whether it's this subject or another subject. Okay, now you talk. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to. It it just no. It's 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 not there. Uh, my husband bought me a book last year called "Having Our Say," written by the Delaney, the Delaney. Si- sisters. Oh yes, I could relate to the book. They had anger. But they had anger. I don't have it. whites. Yeah, I don't have it. Wasn't it wonderful? But they are that much older than I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think she did such a wonderful job in Mm -hmm. putting that book together. It's a beauty. Uh, They're so spiffy. Mm -hmm. They're really cute. I saw them on television on, like, Good Morning America or something. I didn't get to see it, but I... It was a quick interview, but it was cute. But um, do you think that, I asked a Japanese American once, born in this country, no, of course he had Japanese features, but this voice came out because he was American. Mm-hmm. And um, didn't, didn't know how to speak Japanese, never been to Japan, <laughs> you know. Um, and I asked him if it had ever would have been easier for him to have had uh, American features. American American mm-hmm. features, not Oriental features. And I worried for a moment after I said it, the question, and his wife said, "You mean maybe he like being six feet tall?" And I said, "No." And there was a hesitation. And he said, "Yes, it would." Mm-hmm. And I worried about that question later. 
took it up with some friends of his and mine. He passed away since, and I told them I had worried about that question, and they said that was a good question. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when people are born a certain thing, you know, it would have been easier to have been something mm -hmm. else. And would it have been easier for you to have been lighter, darker, anything else? The other. White. Where I lived, the people that I came into contact with, no, it would not have made things any easier or any harder. But if you're asking, would it have been easier to have been born white? Hell yes, why not? Why not? I never wanted to be any different than I was. Never consciously not holding anything back now because that's the polite thing to say. No. I just want to be accepted for who I am. Go back. What did you just say? If I consciously wished I looked different uh -huh. because it would make me more acceptable. If I wished I had been born white because I would have had more, could have done more, gone more places or whatever. My honest answer is no. Never occurred to me. I just wanted to be me the way I am and to have other people accept me the way I was. But back there you said yes. Oh sure, it would have had to have been easier mm -hmm. for my parents raising me. Mm -hmm. But I never felt like I was denied anything mm -hmm. because I could or I couldn't or should or so I shouldn't. So you're saying it, was, it would have been easier for them, mm -hmm. but it's not something that you ever wanted. No. No. Okay. Um, there's incidentals, but I think. What are they? I got time. Well, we talked about. Let's see. Um, well, about the neighborhoods you grew up in. Mm -hmm. um, if you didn't go play with your friends, what was around in the neighborhoods? What was around on Enright? Were there stores? Enright looked just like this street does Wait, now. Me. Oh, it, yes, oh. this, my house could have been picked up, this house could uh -huh. be picked up and moved onto the block I grew up in and it would not have looked out of place. And was it, would it have been the same insides type of house? Yeah, oh yeah, there were beautiful old houses there. Um, if you're asking about racial mix on the block, it, it was a black neighborhood. It, you said it was, yeah. it had become black, it was integrated yeah. when you went, but I mean were there, were there was it all residential? Were there stores? Uh, around the corner, there were a, a drugstore and a confectionery and a gas station. Mm -hmm. uh, several gas stations, now that I think about it. Um, churches. Mm -hmm. No schools close by when I was a small child. And you bought, you bought your clothes? No, I know your mother was busy and didn't have time. Some people. It's always interesting where people shocked and uh, downtown, downtown famous um, we wore uniforms to school so clothes weren't a big yeah. deal for us when we were growing up I I never thought I I'm still that same way I they don't mean a lot to me my kids have reacted differently um, 
in talking with other people who've gone to Catholic school, we say there, there are two kinds of people that graduate from Catholic school. Those who really don't care what they look like and those who go nuts with clothes. Yeah. There's, there's no happy medium. Um, when you went downtown, and uh, what did you do about eating when you were hungry? Sometimes you ate, sometimes you didn't. Uh, timing was more a problem, like, like anybody else. If you went early in the morning, maybe you got back home by lunchtime. Mm. If not... That seemed to be a problem for people. I don't, I don't remember it being a problem. Um, we always ate in sticks. <laughs> At the lunch counter. At the lunch counter. Never the dining room now. Yeah, not the tea room. Not the tea room. Mm-mm. But then if you're downtown shopping, we went for a reason. You didn't just go to, to look. You either needed new shoes or a new dress or whatever. So lunch out was a treat, but you didn't spend the whole day shopping. Do you think that you went to that lunch counter and sat down where people couldn't? Was that the lunch counter? Oh, yeah. On the first floor? On the first floor. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember seeing the signs. Yeah, you told mm -hmm. me there were there signs. There were signs. Signs. You said there was color only, mm -hmm. white only? Mm-hmm. And then there were places where there were no signs, but you knew better. Um, small shops down on 6th Street. I had no reason to go in them, but I'd heard other people say you couldn't. And I'll tell you, right now, there are places like that here still in the city of St. Louis. Where are they? Plaza Frontenac. I won't shop out there. All kinds of people shop out there. I won't go to Frontenac. Tell me why not. I'll say I've been out there maybe three times, with once with my husband and a couple times with other people. Um, Big Brother is watching you. You know as you cross the threshold. The smaller shops aren't too bad. The larger ones are. Now that's a reverse. The uh, restaurant out there is the, um, is that the, ma the magic pan? Yeah. No problems. Please come in. What can we get for you? Try walking in um, one of the other stores. You know when you walk in. Well, let's you and I go shopping. <laughs> I, you know when you walk in. I have gone out. I've learned because I kind of got a faulty memory. You see something in the paper you're interested in. I'm not going to remember three days later when I finally get to the store who made it. So like if you go to the dress department, it's like, okay, who made this? It was pink. It came in three sizes. Who made it? You know, because you're asking this and you can't remember. So I go in. I'll, I'll cut the ad out. You walk in with an ad in your hand and my God, as you cross the threshold, I remember going out two or three years ago. There was a sale at, I uh, can't think of the name of the store now, raincoats, whatever 
store was out there where they had sale on raincoats. I cut the ad out and I went that morning. I got there about noon. And you know they've got the metal strips where the doors lock at night. I swear to God, I hadn't gotten five feet. There were salespeople coming at me right and left. Can I help you? Can I help you? Can I help you? I said, well, maybe. Where is this department? The look of relief. Thank God I can push her on to somebody else. It's, it's here. It's here. Oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm looking at you and I'm listening to you and I don't know what the expression on my face shows you, but I, I believe that it's... Many it's, people wouldn't. No, I believe that it's there. Um, I wouldn't I, go out in ripped jeans looking like I was... No, but I, I'm, um, um, 